Why hello hello there. Welcome back to episode 1 of season 2 of the... Sorry, force of habit. Welcome back to a special edition of the podcast with me, Sam White. That's right. It's been a while. Welcome back. So, yeah, I know back in June I said I would... Back in July, actually, I said I would be bringing the podcast back very soon. And it's been much longer than I anticipated. Life has really gotten in the way. But I'm back. But we're changing it up a bit. For the next five weeks, I'm going to be joined by a lot of guests to talk about a specific thing. Something that's been a massive part of my life for five plus years you've heard uh, you've heard me talk about it on the on my own podcast with a couple of people Ranald and Neil talking about Trinitones of course and this year Trinitones is turning 10 10 years of Trinitones unbelievable so I thought uh, something that would be a nice thing to do maybe people will listen Honestly, I don't know. If you are listening, I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. But I thought it'd be a great idea to get a few guys on across the generations of Trinitones, all 11 of them, to talk about how the group was set up, the first gig, all of all the so many stories, viral success, memorable gigs, t- international tours. This podcast will have all of that. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Um, And we're going to get straight into it. Um, I'm joined by some of the first members of the group. And we had a brilliant discussion. Really, really fun. And it's so nice to have... There's five people in total on this podcast. And it's so nice to have such a big group of people. And it feels like such a natural conversation. So I really hope you enjoy it. Here's episode one of the 10 Years of Tones podcast. Enjoy. So you're very welcome to episode one of what I'm calling 10 Years of Tones. That's the title I'm thinking of at the moment. It'll be 10 Years of Trinitones. We'll see how it goes. I'm thinking 10 years of tones at the moment. So um, I'd like to welcome, uh, I'm joined by some esteemed guests and uh, I'm going to introduce myself and I'd like you all to introduce yourself in the same way. So my name is Sam. I am T34 and I am Gen 5 to Gen 9. My name is Sam. I am T34. And I am Jen 5 to 9. I, I didn't know that the homework was to look up what T number I am. Yeah, I have no idea what I am. <laughs> Searching frantically through the box. I got it, lads. I got it. My name is Ben. I am T number 11. I uh, was Gen 1 to Gen 5. Is he correct? Four and a half. 
Oh dear. <laughs> oh dear. Yes. I was trying to skirt over that. I thought I got away with it at the time. I did bail. I did bail okay. on the group. I'm sorry. Uh, Dara, you go next. My name is Dara, or Daz, or Dazzy. Uh, I don't know what T number I am. We're going to say nine, maybe. And <laughs> no. I, I, I was in the group for from Gen one to five. Okay, is Dazzy correct, lads? He's he must be. Does anyone T-12. disagree? T five. I'm yeah, pretty T-12. sure I'm. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I Daz, think you I'm are T nine. Yeah, Daz, you are T twelve. Uh, T T T nine. T9 is, would you like to introduce yourself, T9? Oh, yeah. My name is Connor. I think I'm T9. And uh, I was generations one to six, I believe. Ooh, lengthy. Great. And a good stint until Dana came along. <laughs> and finally? Uh, Robert calling T21. Uh, gens two to five great um so i think what we should maybe start off with is uh ben i think you are the co-founder of this t system um (laughs) so would you like to give the people a a a brief rundown of what it means well i'd like to clarify i think i was the founder (laughs) full-on founder yeah who did you have in mind as the co-founder, the fellow co-founder? Uh, I thought it was a jo- uh, uh, pardon me. I thought it was a joint effort from yourself and uh, Andrew Keenan. Oh uh, no, no! I think it predates Andy Keenan's involvement, as far as I know. I, I, what I thought you were about to tell me there was that Neil tried to claim <laughs> credit for it. To be in keeping with Neil. No, the the basic idea was. Um, my pathological desire to catalog everything and uh, rather than uh, manage that by any formal channel I decided to just lean in and uh, catalog my friends and give them all numbers Uh, so the way it works is every year of trinitones takes on new members and those members if there's five of them will get given the next five numbers in the T system, a bit like All Black or New Zealand Caps. Mm. Uh, so basically, if if the last Trinitone was T sixteen and they took on two members, they'd be seventeen and eighteen. There's a few technicalities as to how you order people, but um, yeah, that's the basic gist. Great, yeah, because as we have some other guests on, they're going to introduce themselves in the same way. So it's good to get some some context on that. Um, but before we get into why we're here going through the the history of trinitones uh up until the present day i'd like to just quickly uh tell people one of the other reasons is we're here is because uh we have a a big concert coming up and also we have uh uh we've there is a a foundation has recently been set up so i might come to uh I'll come to you, Connor. Uh, would you be able to explain a bit about, talk a bit about the foundation? That's a big question. <laughs> um, right. So Trinitone's Foundation, Trinitone's Foundation is um, the first time that we've managed to establish some kind of group for past members of the Trinitones that 
has been talked about since nearly when the Trinitone started. So primarily, primarily its idea is to provide a group for past members to socialize together and and have somewhere to go once they finish finish the Trinitones. And to go. <laughs> <laughs> and to focus their uh, efforts in in a char charitable direction, I guess. Is that fair to say? It wasn't my brainchild, so maybe so maybe um Ben and Robert might be more qualified to talk about it. Anything to add there, lads? Yeah, feel free. No, I think, uh, Connor, you've kind of captured um, it in essence. I think we were just kind of very conscious of the fact that we didn't want it to turn into um, kind of an old boys club or something like that, uh, even though that's inevitably uh, what it's going to turn into at a certain point. <laughs> um, but essentially, just to begin with our intentions, um, I suppose, as, as, as being charitable, um and then just providing a space for us to to gather um over the years great um and then yeah moving on from that we have a big gig coming up uh and tickets as we speak tickets have just gone on sale um i was going to come to you rob again uh if you don't mind for this uh could you talk a bit about uh the big gig that's coming up yeah, so on the 16th of April, um, we're getting the 10 generations of the choir back together uh, to perform in the Sugar Club in Dublin. Um, so in a similar way um, to the way the choir did it uh, for the fifth uh, anniversary of the choir back in 2017, I suppose. And that gig was in, in Bellow Bar and it was a roaring success. Um, and so he wants to replicate that for the, for the 10th anniversary. Um, yeah, so it, it'll be a great night. Tickets are on sale now, obviously. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, tickets are on sale and yeah, we'd love to see as many people there, hopefully some new faces. Um, and hopefully if you're interested, you can listen to this cause we're going to be talking a lot about maybe people are listening who have only re recently discovered Trinitons, but they have no idea where it began and how it's grown over the years. And I guess uh, this is what we're here to talk about. And uh, because yeah, there's there's a lot to get through, and and then it'll culminate hopefully in the gig uh, where people will. There's not going to be much. There won't be any really any singing on this because uh, we're all doing it remotely. So even if we wanted to, it wouldn't it wouldn't be it wouldn't really work. So, <laughs> but um. So yeah, you can get your tickets for uh, the 10 years of Trinitones concert uh, on the Sugar Club website. Is the sugarclub.ie, is that correct? Your guess is as good as mine, Sam. Yeah. I'd say just Google it. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd love to see you there. Um, it's going to be a great night. Now we're going to go all the way back to January 2012. And... Uh, I have my notes in front of me here, which is gonna, which is gonna carry us along. So tonight we're gonna be talking about the origins of Trinitones, which covers generations one and two. And tonight, so I am in no place to talk about this because I came much later. You, were, you weren't born, Sam, were you? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was two. He was two. Good man. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> so we, we have, yeah, so uh, all the lads tonight are from Gens 1 and 2, uh, 3 Gen 1. Um, so apologies, Robert, we will, we will, we'll come to you uh, in a bit once we, once we get to, once we get to your entrance. Um, but uh, yeah, so the, so picture the scene. January 2012. Trinitones was founded by two senior sophister music students, Bimo Zed, Patrick Barrett and Lindsay Callahan. According to Barrett, himself and Callahan had discussed the idea when on an exchange program in Hungary. Upon their return to Ireland, they carried out auditions and a 14-member Trinitones had its inaugural rehearsal, inaugural rehearsal in late January 2012. So, Dazzy, what can you tell us about, I guess, when did you first hear about this group? Yeah, I might not be the best place to answer because I didn't do the, the formal... Oh, it's all uh, coming out now. ...formal audition process. Wait, sorry, you did an audition, Dazzy. <laughs> I told everyone this a million times. Listen, this is a better story. This is cronyism. Audition. I'm Come embarrassed on. for you, Dara. Listen, no, this is, this, this is grand. So, yeah, they came... They, Paddy and Lindsay came back from uh, Hungary and I was in a choir at the time, uh, Irish Youth Chamber Choir, and Lindsay was in it and Paddy had been asked to come back and join it. They needed tenors or baritones, tenors, I think. Tenor two, yeah. So I was tenor two. and uh, We were upstairs in House 5 doing like the first rehearsal and Paddy sits next to me first time I met him. And... He doesn't know any of the lines and probably the wrong person to sit next to, but he learned them all off me. So naturally the tour was a disaster. No, uh, he obviously thought I could sing. So he was like, listen, we're doing this, this Trinitones thing. I was like, oh, right. Cool. Yeah. I didn't really, I don't think I'd heard, but, um, must've, must've, uh, missed the email, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, he just said pop along. Um, and he just, uh, gave me the benefit of the doubt and, went along to the first audition there was on in the atrium in 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 trinity first, there first rehearsal you mean first rehearsal because you did first an audition does he yes yeah that's a freudian slip yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah that was my audition yeah but um yeah the, in the atrium we had this little room upstairs it was kind of mm. it was pretty cold and probably terrible sound but we all sat around and i don't think even maybe we had like Lindsay brought uh, a little keyboard or these like Casio keyboards with like 60 keys or whatever. I Do you her, remember Lindsay she had a brought a violin? Yeah, yeah no, I was wondering if it was the first rehearsal that she brought a fiddle like, <laughs> and we tried to learn our lines of a fiddle, which was yeah. you know, a roaring success. It took us about four months to learn one song, Rolling in the Deep. <laughs> and uh, Rolling in the Deep End. Ro- yeah, straight into the Deep End. But yeah, that was that was a bit of crack, you know, meeting everyone there and I know I I was a very shy little first year, so I don't think I opened my mouth for about four or five rehearsals. But <laughs> and I knew Connor, I think, and I vaguely yeah, I was supposed to be in that um Irishy Chamber Choir actually, and then I think I was working Saturdays, so I couldn't go to the rehearsals, so I just left it. Yeah, so Paddy, I could have gone by without a without a uh, an audition. Well, no, I'd say maybe Paddy took your spot. So if he you hadn't done that, I probably wouldn't have been in Trinitones. Ah, so a long link of as I never would have been your friend. Ah, yeah, well, you know, sad. Friend is upsides and downsides, isn't it? Yeah. There we go. That's it. 
Um, so, and just to clarify, so the first song that you ever learned on record was Rolling in the Deep or Rolling in the Deep End, as Ben said. Correct. Yeah. What, what's the end? What's the end from? What's Deep? Deep End? Is that a song? Is that a mashup? <laughs> no, no, it's no. An idiom. Was, it was a joke. <laughs> oh, right, right. It wasn't a medley. It was a joke. Like many of our songs. Fine line between medleys and jokes. Yeah, yeah the times, times have really changed when it comes to the titles of, well, to be honest, Matt, yeah, now that I think about it, I've heard some outrageous titles for arrangements uh, over the years. Myself and Daz did a medley that year. Do you remember that? It was Sigh No More, Fix You. It was kind of like, yeah. don't, don't sigh anymore, I'll fix you. It made sigh a lot no of sense, really. That was, yeah, it made a bit of sense. Me and, uh, me and Ben had a little, what was it? The Sigh No More bit, was it? Yeah, yeah. Mm. A duet. That's what it. you did. That's what you did at the the fifth anniversary concert. That was the gen, oh, we did, did we? Was oh, gen yeah, one we did, song, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. but if I go back a wee bit, um, so so Connor, can you talk us through the audition process that you and Ben actually did? Sure. So I I, I joined Singers, and I think that's where Paddy and Lindsay knew me from, I, I, and Irish Youth Choir as well. And so, um, so yeah, they invited everyone in singers to audition um i think i was i think i was a little reluctant at the time actually to commit the time to another choir Mm. um but anyway i think paddy managed to convince me and um oh did a bit of clapping and tapping and sight reading and the usual stuff and that was it yeah yeah do you know paddy and Lindsay told me after that i was the only person at the acapella audition who decided to accompany myself while in my audition. They really <laughs> let anyone in, didn't they? <laughs> I uh, sang Viva La Vida. I thought it was showing off as well because there was a guitar in the corner that was really like manky and out of tune. So I tuned it up and played away. <laughs> bit pathetic really, isn't it? <laughs> Start as you mean to go on. Ben in an audition for an a cappella group decides accompaniment is going to be the best way to go it's, it's always the contrarian it, it's it's subversive right? no it's rules no. <laughs> um well a, another thing i'm really interested to know about and we're hoping that maybe at some stage we could maybe get the chat to patty and Lindsay a wee bit about i guess the idea of trinitones uh ben i might come to you on this where what what are your what do you know about like how did they why did they come up with this idea when they were in Kekshkemet in the Kadai Institute of Music? It just it sounds a bit random. I mean, I, I presume whatever place that they supposedly came up with this was just uh, somebody mashing on a keyboard by the sounds of things. Uh, I actually have I've never heard the story. I've invented the story many, many times when asked <laughs> to write blurbs for Trinitones over the years. I would just invent stories. Um does anyone actually know this story? Yeah. The, the reason that the, the reason that the um the story of where Trinitones came from is funny is because after the viral video Teenage Dirtbag in second year, we were on TV three, the morning show, and uh, Paddy and Lindsay were asked, "Oh, how did it start?" And they like unnecessarily emphasized the fact that they were in Hungary when they came up with the idea. And then it got just got that idea just like absorbed the uh, presenters. 
can't remember right. who the presenters are. Martin from the weather on TV3. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, and uh, <laughs> they were like hungry. Oh, tell me more about that, you know? So then um, from then on, we would kind of, whenever asked about the, uh, <laughs> the Trinitone starting, we would just, you know, uh, pretend that it was all to do with the Kadai Institute and Kekshimet. Yeah. So that's I all I've like, got. Sorry, nothing. They, they emphasized before that, I feel. I mean, I think we all knew the story because they had just come back in the middle of term time, kind of from Hungary, and or maybe that was it. I don't know. <laughs> Were they kind of disillusioned, and that's why they came up with the idea of Trinitone, some kind of therapy. <laughs> it was actually personal therapy for you. They thought it was it was an intervention. <laughs> I was yeah. going on a bad path in life. This is actually to, this is a young offenders kind of prevention yeah, program. You kept on playing guitar badly, so they said, "Right, acapella, it is." <laughs> Sounds a bit like uh, if any of you have seen Gavin and Stacey when the the fishing trip, no one really knows quite how it, quite what happened, but people like to imagine the <laughs> actual event. Fishing trip in Hungary, I remember it. Man. I think they just thought it was a good idea, and they thought there was a gap. They thought, you know, male voice choirs are nice. There's none in Trinity, and mm. obviously they just want to do a bit something fun. I think because they were. Obviously, in the Kodai Institute, then they were like heavy duty, you know, kind of choral stuff. So they were like, nah, let's like, we're singers, but let's have a bit of crack. Mm. Um, yeah. And they yeah. wanted it, like, they wanted it to be just pop. Mm. Like, mm. See, they, the first, like, which is kind of funny because when, when they left, we broke their two rules immediately. They said no trad and no Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> the minute they left, we did a full on, like, uh, semester of Beatles gigs we learned about seven Beatles songs we, um, we literally signed a contract with a company that was organizing Beatles memorial gigs literally this summer <laughs> that summer that we took over like. <laughs> so, uh, and, yeah, and our best song we... soon became you know Old Triangle or our most exactly. well known song <laughs> yeah. was what was the rationale behind them asking us not to perform Beatles songs they didn't ask us they just said like Paddy's vision was it's just pop like it, you know it was more of like a proper a full-on um american kind of acapella group whereas mm. it, it just kind of morphed into something else that you know we changed with the, with, with the times and with what was uh what the mood was around us you know and we were getting like those were so probably our kind of highest profile gigs at the time the beatles ones like we had mm. no intention of doing beatles songs like unless the opportunity arose and it just happened to to do so it was a 50th anniversary of the beatles playing in dublin for the oh. first and only time so yeah abbey road to abbey street <laughs> was i think i think that's what it was called yeah i don't remember um yeah i th i uh, paddy was talking about this uh beatles thing i think he had some idea that uh, the beatles thing and the trad thing were kind of done by bad yeah. choirs yeah and uh he kind of wanted to steer clear of that it's funny yeah, I I didn't I don't think I knew about the the rules the the two rules that Lindsay and Paddy had tried to stamp down no no Irish songs no Beatles, uh, it was it's surely inevitable I think uh, and when you look at the rep now, you like, you can't you can't not sing the Beatles if, if the harmonies that the Beatles have like, um, I, I wonder how many Beatles songs we've actually done uh, I can't think off the top of my head but. It's going to be more than at least five. Double figures. No, you think double, double figures? figures. Yeah, but, now, yeah. 
yeah. we had ones that you never even did before you, you know you joined mm. that we just forgot about two weeks after we learned them mm. but um uh, connor i want to ask you about i guess the first like the daz touched a wee bit on the rehearsals and like learning like uh rolling in the deep and stuff like that and i think on the if people go on to the sugar club website which by the way rob has reminded me it's the sugarclub.com that's where you can get tickets for the gig and in the description whoever i don't know who wrote the description for the gig but someone mentions the first performance of trinitones singing rolling in the deep under the the clock bell tower in front square but uh <laughs> and maybe two people walk past and probably roll their eyes um a sign of things to come but um but Connor, can you give us a flavor of what like what the group dynamic was like? Because nowadays, like Trinidad's is like one your your the second most important commitment in college after your course. Some would argue, um, Neil Dunn would argue it's more important than college. But uh, <laughs> what was it like in the initial like couple of mo- first couple of months? Because yeah, January twenty twelve, so we're halfway through a term as well. Yeah, I mean, at the start, people weren't inviting us to sing anywhere, so we had to force ourselves on other people. So that was the company of the Lewis, you know, anywhere where we could where we could just sing. And um, we would rehearse, but House 5 has been long the, the home of rehearsal for Trinitones, but for the first year, and possibly Gen 2 as well, I can't quite remember, it was, it was in this awful room, like like imagine maybe... A, a tutorial room kind of uh, style. It was up in, um, oh, does anyone remember the, the name of that building beside the dining hall? Yeah, that's the atrium. The atrium, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I wouldn't say it was um, a complete DOS. Patty and Lindsay were pretty well organized when they started the group. They had re- arrangements already done. They had a full set of arrangements um, done for us. They got, uh, you know, as the group developed, more people would contribute arrangements. But in that first um, first term, they had a whole concert worth of arrangements done. And we learned uh, the whole lot of them for, for the concert. Um, but we did have, I remember having cans in the atrium along with our rehearsal to try and make it more, I don't know, palatable to show up to rehearsal, I guess. Yeah, the Dutch girls we in the atrium. Pa- pay Paddy a euro for the can. That, that was it. Every can you took, give Paddy a quid. Yeah. Oh. It was always about the money from very early on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we cleaned the we cleaned up at the place up. I mean, um, <laughs> do you know Connor? Just on the point of those seven songs, I actually found the original email that uh, Paddy and Lindsay sent out, and um. It has all those seven songs. I don't know if that's something you're interested in, Sam. Is that too cat- catalogued? I'm interested. So what? So what? It, the, original, the, first, the original first seven songs that you learned. Yeah, because the whole um, Trinitone, or well, it wasn't Trinitones at the time. It was just a group. And Paddy said, Lindsay said, I'll read it to you now. Here's the audition email. Hi, guys. We are delighted to tell you that you have been chosen for the acapella project. It is such an exciting project, and we know you all share a passion for it. We would like you to confirm your place ASAP. Blah, 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 blah. Don't, don't be a flake. Our, our <laughs> repertoire for this project is Coldplay's Fix You, segueing into Mumford & Sons, I know more. And actually, not interesting, but that was the first time I'd ever seen the word segue written, and I had to look it up. Segue. 
That was like seeking. Uh, Jason Mraz, I'm yours. Florence and the Machines, shake it out. That was a legendary song. Legendary. <laughs> One time, never again. <laughs> yeah. Jose Gonzalez, Heartbeats. Adele's Rolling in the Deep, plus or minus Deep End. Wheatus, Teenage Dirtbag, and Regina Spector's Hotel Song. It was seven songs. Oh, forgot about that. Good. Oh, that's great. That's a great piece of trivia. Um, but uh, Ben, you uh, in in the background, uh, I saw a message pop up uh, saying that uh, the the Campanile performance is completely fabricated. So, <laughs> w- which which actually brings us on to, I guess, what is the official first performance of the group? Uh, I have here, according to Wikipedia, Gen One highlights include the group's first performance as part of Trinity Arts Festival. Oh, which yes. yeah. I, I knew I was right. I yeah. was like, this company gig is nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but uh, it, there's actually video, and I'm pretty sure this is on YouTube. There's a video of all the lads crammed into one. Uh, it's in the long room hub, was it? No, that's that's the first big gig. That was the end of term. All oh, right, gig. okay. So where was the, the Trinity Arts official, Festival? Trinity Arts Festival was literally just us singing rolling in the deep on the stairs of house five multiple that was times it was. i think multiple really? times really oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think there was like we, we the whole thing was like choirs were invited to participate in this event and choirs are expected to have more than one song but we just weren't we're that we aren't at that stage and we had a we had a big we had a slightly fraught rehearsal in the exam hall minutes before does anyone else remember that I don't remember that. And the tuning was terrible. I don't remember all it was absolutely <laughs> the tuning on Rolling in the Deep was terrible. And to be honest, I was probably only learning at that stage in my life what like tuning was and yeah. why it mattered. So I'm not not surprised tuning was terrible. Anyway, yeah. So that was that, and then he sang uh, Rolling in the Deep multiple times. But it took us ages to get Rolling in the Deep right. I remember, and the the thing was, we had to learn it off by heart as well. And like yeah. we were all like most of us were like were choir singers or whatever, and you know, used to learning, they're used to just having books in front of us or whatever. And we was just like, oh, God, learn up by heart. Like, <laughs> God. Yeah, it's, it, it seemed like an impossible task to learn seven, you know, slightly sparse arrangements off for, yeah, you know, yeah. a, a gig, you know, in a few months' yeah. time. But. Yeah. And like, like, whether people like it or not, Trinit- there was never really a, a group like Trinitone's in maybe in in ireland i don't I, I, not to my knowledge it was the first kind of collegiate acapella group in ireland and it's a very it's still quite a niche genre in the country so as you said like a lot of lads might have had choral backgrounds but simply learning a sheet of music off by heart wouldn't have been something they would have been very used no, to like even if we were we had choral backgrounds this was just so completely different like hmm. i don't know connor can attest to it as well like I, it was just like yeah I mean, and even the lads, like, mo- like all that first generation, we were all in singers pretty much, weren't we? Like, hmm. And the majority of us anyway. And that didn't help, like, you know? Hmm. It was like, it was more, yeah, it didn't, it didn't naturally lend itself to, to that. Like, so, I don't know. We could sing, I suppose. That was about it. <laughs> yeah, and the, the, I remember, like, the lines were really, really simple. And, you know, you had this thing coming from singing like 
you know, respected choral music where you're like, oh, this is easy. You know, this singing the same note, you know, 18 times in a row is easy. But like, that's the whole thing. There, there's a reason why like great choral composers, you know, keep a bit of movement in the, yeah. the lines that they write because it actually makes them easier to sing. That was a, that was a completely <laughs> new concept yeah. to me. Also, like, you know, we were used to having, you know, maybe five, six other people in your section. So then down to like probably two people. And if, so, if, if you know, if the other person didn't show up to that rehearsal, you're on your own or that gig. So it's just a, so much more responsibility for yourself. So you have to be so conscious of your tuning in a way that I never had to be before that or, mm. or like just thinking about, I mean, you know, you do have to be in choirs, but this was, you know, next kind of level stuff, I suppose. Yeah. And uh, I've just checked there, like, this is before even the first Pitch Perfect movie would have come out, which really uh, kind of brought it in the genre really into the mainstream. So, uh, like, again, coming back to the idea of a group like Trinitones in Ireland, like, Lindsay and Paddy would have, wouldn't have been going off much. They would have just been going off the American kind of collegiate scene uh, from a distance or from any videos they could find or, or whiff and poofs or um or or whatever uh, straight no chaser and whatnot but um one thing one really important thing that i that i want to ask is the name trinitones and i i know there's a there is there is a story behind that or can you give us an idea of uh what other names were considered I know, uh, <laughs> my personal favorite was the trinity balls <laughs> yeah that was do we cool. have the full list or was that written down on some pen and paper anyway this all happened back in the atrium one rehearsal mm. it came to a point where the acapella, acapella project had to have a name um, and it was it had it, been dragging on for weeks and mm. we just had to decide the name I, I remember two other favorites and i almost have a little bit of regret that we didn't go down this route was uh the buttery boys <laughs> Buttery beats. For anyone not too familiar with Trinity, that that is the um the, I guess the, catering, like yeah. it's the, dining the butter hall. shop. It used to be a <laughs> Trinity butter shop. It was a was it the bar was it a bar before? It was. It was a nightclub mm-hmm. in the like nineties. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the other one was the the there was something about Boy Dale. No. Dell Boys. Dell Boys. Del Boys. Yeah. Del Boys. Yeah. I think and that's then... an excellent name. <laughs> and. So, the, there was also Botany something, Botany Bay Boys. Botany Boys. <laughs> Botany Boys. Buttery Botany Beats. <laughs> buttery, buttery Botany Beat Boys. Oh, God. Who oh. was it that actually coined Trinitones? Yeah. No idea. Me. Was it? I, I believe you're writing that. history, are you? Uh, but I have a tendency to write myself into history. Mm, yeah. Yeah, so... And nobody here to pull you up on it. Yeah. No. There, because there is another group called the Trinitones. Um, I think there's three, although I couldn't name them, so I might just be spouting uh, nonsense. I remember it being one of the. It, it was always there as a safe option, as we mm-hmm. talked about buttery beats and and everything else. It was always there about like, oh, this is the one we'll just go back to if all else fails. And clearly, all else fails. One of one of my pet peeves is when people say the Trinitones, which I understand why people make the mistake, but uh, uh, dropping the the it's like say it's like when people use when Facebook initially started, it was the Facebook, and then they dropped the the the. Um, 
I don't know about yourselves, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it really annoys me when people say that Trinitons. Yeah. Paddy Barrett uh, was a bit of a Zuckerberg, right? <laughs> <laughs> Definite articles. Yeah. Were, they were really out of fashion around 2012. Yeah. It could have been at tr- Trinitones. Some Trinitones. <laughs> no definite. <laughs> Some Trinitones. We were just fortunate that people knew our name. You know, it didn't really matter what they called us so long as they knew. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It seems to be surprisingly difficult for people to get their to get their mouths around. Like we get called all sorts of things. Yeah. Tones, pretty common, and Tritonian singers. <laughs> one of my, my favorites. My favorite was uh, the Trinitrons. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> we the sound like Transformers. Why didn't we think of that in 2012? I might actually just run through the list of Gen 1, uh, just because we are throwing a lot of names around. Um, and we'll use the T list. Uh, why not? Like So T0, Lindsay Callahan, the only female member of to this day of Trinitones. Um, T1, Patrick Barrett. T2, Daniel Cummins. T3, Robbie Kitt. T4, Henry Burrows. T5, Gabriel Corcoran, a.k.a. Gabo. T6, Dan the Man McManus. T7, Kean McCarthy. T8, Declan Malloy. T9, Connor O'Shea. T10, Michael Broderick. T11, Ben Jacob. T12, Darren Eshaw. T13, Mark O'Donnell. And T14, anyone want to get the last one? Kev Collins. Kev Collins. Kevin Collins, who only only one he only who is the only member who was only Gen One was his only year. Oh yeah. Um, the rest stayed on for at least one more. Um, at least half. Yeah, and yeah, for people that are confused, like we we are officially at Gen Eleven of Trinitons now, but because we started the group started halfway through a term, that's kind of why. Yeah, Gen One is. That's why we're kind of on Gen 11 because just the way it started halfway through a year. So it's the 10th anniversary, but we are in Gen Generation 11, which is pretty mental. So let's go to the first, I guess, official gig where you sang more than one song. So yeah, I'm talking Trinity Arts Festival, the Long Room Hub, like bizarre venue. Like I'm pretty sure you were all packed into like a small meeting room full of people. And that's where we was that the first time we got to see the first official Trinitones uniform of the chinos, the the chinos and shirt, or did you do that at Trinity Arts Festival as well? Uh, ben, I'll come to you. Mm, good question. Um, I think we performed at some balls between the Trinity Arts Festival gig and that Long Room Hub gig, if I'm not mistaken. I th- and they would have been tuxes. But does anyone remember? I I feel like the 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 the, the beige chinos light blue shirt was like a a pre prescribed Trinitones uniform before we arrived. Oh, I think it was for that gig. I think there was much consternation <sighs> discussing about Sorry. what it should be. You're right, Connor, because I remember one hour before the gig buying a shirt in River Island. Still have it. <laughs> <laughs> also, I bought I bought my first pair of brown dupes. And if anyone knows me, this is, I, I, I'm now on my 13th pair. 
<laughs> nearly one for every generation since. Yeah, and, and we can do yeah. a quick, lo- quick division there, see how long a pair of dudes last. <laughs> 1.3 years. Oh, no, other way around. One over, one over 1.3. Yeah, it's not very good, Connor. <laughs> yeah, so that was that gig, yeah. That's hard to believe, yeah. Ben, that you never wore those around Kilkenny College. I did. I wore the uh, school version, which is black. Oh, I had the black version. Okay. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, talk to me about the gig, uh, Dazzy. Uh, first gig, I guess. We're calling this yeah. the first gig just because people were coming to see for the first time, I guess. They didn't have to buy tickets, but it was just like... This yeah, it was happened. the first Trinitones gig. Yeah. It was the first term gig, I suppose. Term gig, I mean, okay. we, we had model, you know, we, we I, I assume Trinitones still does term term gigs. That was, yeah. that was what all the choirs we were in were doing. So, you know, mm. we said we'd have a term gig in April or whatever. Mm. March or April, I presume it was April. Um, probably give ourselves as much time as we could to learn all those songs, to be honest. And it was in the long room. Yeah, it was the first time, long room hub, the first time I'd ever been there. Um, pretty cool building, but we went up... Mm. I don't know, maybe like the third floor. And we were just, yeah, it was, it was another atrium, essentially. Uh, we were, I think, is there like a, kind of a, a hollow bit all the way through? And we were like... Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. It's yeah. a, it was an awkward, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like a, a rectangle or a square room. It was like... Okay. It was a, there, there was a lot of obstacles. So people were kind of around the, the banisters and around yeah. the pillars and trying to get space wherever they could. People were probably behind us and everything. Yeah. Um, In the video, it looks very cramped. Uh, I've, uh, yeah. if, if you watch well, it we were yeah. probably surprised that that many people came so mm. um and the the fa- the only thing really that i can remember is uh the famous memory that well the only i think the video that i saw someone posted recently enough was uh our encore was dirtbag which we'd already done mm. and of course dirtbag was you know is it kind of I suppose one of these nostalgia comedy things that people are like, oh, you know, they're like, that's hilarious. An acapella mm. group doing it and our whole, the whole shtick at the start, doing it in opera at the start or whatever. But we'd already done that. So mm. <laughs> in the video, Paddy's like, yeah, I know you get it. You get it. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so pretty funny. But, and we'd obviously, again, we didn't have an encore. So much like Roading in the Deep, we just sang it again. Yeah. Um, it worked. Went down well the second time. Went out well, second time. They knew all the jokes. They still laughed. Mm. Yeah. And uh, Ben, and Ben, what what was like? What did? How did you feel? Do you do you recall your thoughts after that first gig? And was there any like moment? Was there any like feeling that this could that we that you could be onto something, or that people it went down well? Or I mean, the gig was great, and I was like, oh, I'll be doing this next year. But I, I had no kind of sense of where it might go. I, I probably was just like the end of my first year of university. Didn't really have good lens which with which to make predictions like that. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, it was it was great. And uh, you kind of thought like, oh, sure, we'll go on to sing in bigger venues and stuff. But um, yeah, I don't know. Does anyone else have any memories of the... Uh, of how it felt like the gig went connor i think we were all very happy like i think like you say um dazzy i don't think we expected that many people to show up i don't think we expected people to have such a positive response to the whole thing mm-hmm. so i think our expectations were very much um exceeded for, for that gig and we were like yeah let's let's do this and more next year and i think we kind of 
had forgotten that there were jokes in the songs. You know, there, there was the odd kind of like funny bit or whatever. And like we'd kind of forgotten that people that we were like a lot of there were some really good performers like in that group. And, you know, we, we didn't really realize that what well, I didn't maybe just naively because I was probably so nervous as well that like the first I can't remember what the first song was or whatever, but like they were laughing because like, you know, I can't, I just remember I remember Dan McManus because he was so like. You know, he, there was no nerves on him. He was grand and he was just <laughs> floating around the place, like giving winks to people in the crowd and whatever. And people were like, just loving it. And I was like, oh, people, people like us. This is great. Yeah. But, you know, it's just a surprise. And you're so used to just singing with, you know, 14, 15 lads in a room upstairs in the stuffy building. Mm. And you forget that there are funny bits and good bits and there's actual performances. Yeah, that was, uh, that was news to me, actually, somehow. I didn't... I don't think I realized the degree of performance that would just yeah. be, you know, a, a part of Trinitones because yeah. you're just used to choirs. Exactly. And then um, we had, uh, you know, I, I remember uh, Kean and Gabo doing a sort of like yes. romantic duet together. That was mm-hmm. that was revolutionary at that time. For yeah. Fix You. Yeah, no, they got a, they got like, yeah, went down very well. And like mm. we, I suppose we made a, thought like they probably did something like that in rehearsal about six months before we're like oh that's kind of half funny but like you know Mm. had forgotten that that might be a thing that sounds a bit like a light bulb moment like certainly just those little things you can see the foundations of something different i guess just not just being in a choir stand and singing your music just kind of self-deprecating is a word that's probably is a term that's probably going to be used a lot yeah so i just to come in there i actually saw the choir before i auditioned oh great yeah yeah tidbit here for you where in the long room hub or elsewhere no so it was during freshers week um 2012 there was a showcase in house five um and you guys sang in the boydell room and the only reason i went was because i'd gone up uh to the singer stand in front square just to inquire about uh joining singers um and then it was uh regs that sent me up to house five and the boytel room to watch you guys um <laughs> i remember yeah. that um yeah i remember the iconic chino blue shirt sure. um but i think that the thing that stuck with me really was just the camaraderie between the group um and then just knowing that i wanted to to have something like that in college uh and then i was like yeah i can audition for that i think i was down to audition anyway prior to that but it, it really set in stone that it was something that i wanted to be a part of hmm. um, well yeah that, that that brings us nicely along too i guess gen two and after like like i guess at the end of gen one so that gig happened and then I'm assuming nothing happened during the summer. I have on the Wikipedia that uh, that gig. Uh, it, it, sorry, Gen One. Uh, this is another Gen One highlight: the beginning of a relationship with the King's Singers. Oh yeah, sorry year. to <laughs> sorry to travel backwards a little bit. That was me. <laughs> so sorry, not that I wrote the Wikipedia, but somebody <laughs> wrote the Wikipedia who was unconnected and academically dispassionate on the topic, hmm. and noted the relationship with the king singers but that was because in early may 2012 
um, we did a like a workshop with the King Singers because they were over in the concert hall um, doing a gig and uh, the Trintones just decided to come uh, or Paddy and Lindsay decided that we'd go and it was, it was good crack. Um, the one thing I remember is we had this arrangement of Run by Snow Patrol. Is that the name of the band? Yep. And um, <laughs> Daz was sitting beside me and <laughs> I remember Daz being like, you're way too into that. <laughs> <laughs> you're in the right place. <laughs> I, I must be closing my eyes or something. You're just getting into it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what, was it their arrangement of it or something? No, it was just like a stock choir arrangement. Oh, yeah. And the King Singers were one in each part for sopranos, mm. altos, whatever, tenors, basses. Yeah. And we were in the basses. And, yeah. Mm. <laughs> but then we went to the gig that night and then we went up to them afterwards and was like, oh, lads, come to the pub. And we um, we all piled into Hartigan's on yeah, Leeson Street, which nice. is directly across the road from the Sugar Club, where oh, the 10-year oh, anniversary concert we'll be going there, Jeez. <laughs> occurred. Was that, was that the first time you workshopped with the... Yeah. All right. So, so we've only met them twice. There was that second time a couple of years later, which we'll come to, mm. I guess, at some point. Mm. Um, but for those that don't know uh, the King Singers, how would you how would you describe their kind of influence on choral music? The, the King Singers are a six part um, a cappella group which started in King's College, Cambridge, back in like mm. the sixties or something, so, and they've been rolling over for years and years and years. So That's pretty, pretty. Uh, <laughs> be, it's pretty a pretty elite group. Mm. Um, I would say they're like a male choir rather than even a, a, an a cappella group, really. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's male fair. chamber choir. Mm. Yeah, small male. They, choir. they like I suppose they do pop arrangements, which was which would, which sets them apart, I suppose. Which, you know, why we identified with it, with them at the time. But um, anyway, we'll keep we'll keep plowing on. Um, so, end of Gen One, I guess a short a short Gen One, but um the the foundations are starting to build so i'm assuming nothing happened in that summer and we we just go straight to freshers week correct i was working (laughs) and uh yeah obviously no one really know maybe knew what was going to happen next just see how it goes and and then rob you touched on how you kind of stumbled across the group or i guess uh went along to see them singing in freshers week which is i guess it's it's a really good way like the group have done it for years now where they try and pop up at certain society events and because like it's a small group and like it is hard to find it it's one thing trying to find lads that, that are interested in singing but it's also hard trying to find lads that are are the right fit for the group and and we'll um will be will be the fit the profile of of what they're looking for. Um, I don't think I would have known otherwise because I auditioned for singers, um, and not really knowing what it was because I didn't come from a obviously a choral background. And I went into the audition and sang uh, Maroon Five "This Love." <laughs> nice. Oh, I'd like to that. In a in a choral audition, and it was uh, Robbie Blake that had singers at the time, and he just said. I don't think this is the choir for you. Um, 
but I'm going to pass you on to uh, your details on to Patrick Barrett. Oh. Um, and that was the only way I, I found out about Trinitones, oh. um, I think. And then from that point on, then I was directed to the showcase or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, along with yourself, Rob, we had joining in Gen 2. I have it here. We have uh, Luke Duffy. We have Killian. So Luke Duffy's T15. T16, Killian Horan. T17, Rob Booz. T18, Max Doyle. T19, Yon Hong. The first beatboxer of Trinitones, might I add. Uh, actually, uh, no. Kev, Kev no, Collins. Oh, Kev Collins. But he was the first soul. Like that's Kev, all Kev Collins is only listed as a bass on this XL. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Declan O'Byrne, T20. Uh, and you, yourself, Rob, you complete uh, T2 on T21. T21. You were never happy with being in the 20s, Rob. I was aggrieved, yeah. Um, T21. 17 being my lucky number, so I I wanted that number. (laughs) And, I mean, yeah, Ben, can you clarify uh, how you choose uh, who is which number? So the idea was that the, the longer you're in Trinity, the more senior you are. Um, so then the Luke Duffy must have been in fourth year yeah. at that time. Paddy and Lindsay roped him in because he was in the same course as them. And uh, so he was fourth year. So he would have been first. And then there would have been some third years and then second years. And Rob, I think you're the only you're the only fresher. Yeah, it must have been. I think, yeah. You see now, Ben, if you had made that at the time, Luke wouldn't have been there because he didn't audition in the same way as me he got in because he was friends with Betty and Lindsay as well so if I had one if you'd been making it at the time Luke would probably be later on because did Luke not join in that first intake in Gen 2 he didn't join from the auditions he arranged a few pieces because Patty and Lindsay knew he arranged Mm. and then he came in to hear them being sung and And just sat down and he sat down, and they were like, "Ah, oh, yeah, join, go on." Uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so actually, my, um, now in fairness, I think Andy and myself have thrashed out the technicalities of this, but there's the 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 point at which you decide the order of the people is not just one, um, uh, audition process yeah. which might last two days. It's actually an audition window. So guys who filter in via other channels within, um. So a couple of weeks will be included in the audition window. So, he, mm-hmm. so uh, no, he was he's got his right. Oh no, yeah, look, I... just just to point out that the system is entirely stable, <laughs> won't break down for another hundred years. So, if I if I have this right, so is Luke Duffy the first person to do arrangements after Paddy and Lindsay? Um, no, no, Dan, Dan Cummins Com- did tra- Teenage Dirtbag, didn't he? Yeah, oh, yes. he did a few, yeah, yeah, and he did Hotel Song. Oh yeah, okay. But um, I don't. Uh, the Wikipedia, it really. So like, we're gonna talk about about dirtbag because that's the big thing that happened in in T two. In terms of gigs, was there a Christmas gig that year? There's two, two Christmas gigs, two days apart on a Wednesday and a Friday. I think the twenty ninth and the thirty first of October two thousand and thirteen. Somebody could check calendar there for. No, the it would have been, yeah, been 2012. 2012. No? 
Correct. Yeah. Sorry, the end of yeah. the first calendar year tones. Yeah, yeah. You're right. due, due to demand, a second night was added. Where? Where was that? It was in the printing house. Yeah, printing house. I, I'm pretty sure there's videos. There's a few, fair few videos on YouTube of that gig because you're wearing you. So you've changed. So so we've moved on from the the blue shirt, uh, uh, beige chinos, and now we're into we're 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 moving towards like a suit kind of arrangement. I I think it's there's no jacket, no suit jacket. It's just shirt, black trousers, and black tie. Like I think black, it was like tie open or dicky bow open or something I th- like that. It, I think it's worse than that. I think it was something a black black? accessory. Yeah, oh, yeah. Black, yeah. And, yeah, a black accessory, like a black hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a very choir. Suspenders. Yeah, suspenders. I think, Rob, were you wearing, Rob, you were wearing suspenders. Were you wearing? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I, I was wearing a bandana. <laughs> All these conversations used to happen on like a Facebook group. Oh, my and God, yeah. they would go on. <laughs> funny enough i actually when you guys were talking um i uh, occupied myself by going back through the old uh g sharps uh, oh, facebook yeah. page and I, i've actually stumbled on the uh deliberations over what trinitones should wear oh my god oh, that's incredible that's yeah. great idea. <laughs> uh dan mcmanus last i'll say in it but i think if we all went for this we would look pretty class and it's a picture of a guy in chino's white shirt and then a black a black dinner jacket so the uh, uh yes people people actually didn't latch on to that one but then dan mcmanus again was he just dan talking to himself on the show? i think so that's what <laughs> michael broderick the last thing he'd say about it michael broderick renamed dan mcmanus dan mcspamus i <laughs> so that was quite good that's pretty cool um but there's a video here of another acapella group uh, X-Men acapella Christmas performance <laughs> and they are wearing chinos, beige chinos and blue shirts. Um, so we, we stole it from them. Yeah. Excellent. Jeez, I keep going to Penny's buying full outfits. Yeah. <laughs> A comment from Ben here. Go for navy blazers, lads. Hashtag sex appeal. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is a- really not a funny thing to say. <laughs> Top 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 hashtagger there, bit. Twenty twelve. Oh, it's funny being young, huh? Oh, God, is there any other any funny comments yeah. for anyone else? This is a gold mine. Mark O'Donnell suggests canary yellow skinny jeans. <laughs> I think probably because he just had a pair of canary yellow skinny yeah. jeans. <laughs> oh well, that's what I'm wearing at the moment. So. Uh... <laughs> Right down to pennies again. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess we have to uh, address the elephant in the room. That is the video. Uh, before we go on to the video, is there any other big Gen 2 highlights? Because, uh, well, the groups, I suppose we could, before we talk about Dirtbag, uh, Gen 2 was the first year that Trinitones performed at Trinity Ball. Mm. Um, who wants to take that in, one? in fairness that came right off the back the back of yeah of the of the dirtbag video okay okay, okay. Uh, we campaigned actually totally shamelessly to get on that didn't we what was your yeah. man dave dave from ends dave whelan dave, <laughs> dave whelan i only know that because i was creeping on the, the g sharps page i haven't uh, <laughs> got a thing for dave whelan or anything 
<laughs> yeah, no, we petitioned for that and the Late Late Show. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> for a few years, <laughs> still never been on, still never been on the late late. Trinidad still have somehow never been on the late late. It was show. a toy show we wanted, like the big one. Yeah, that was the big one, the big gig. But am I right in saying that when we recorded Dirtbag and we were going to put that video out, that that was kind of like a, a last ditch effort to mm. for the choir to do something? Yes, that's and a, that's a great point. There, yeah, there was kind of a feeling that if it didn't go well, that Trinitones were going to pack it in. I think Paddy and Lindsay told me once that Dirtbag was like the last chance saloon. The choir was going to get shut down. I think Paddy and Lindsay were finding it too much work for what it was worth. In fairness, mm. they slaved away <laughs> week in, week out, coming mm. up with these um, you know, fully arranged um, pop songs. And then we would kind of like, drag our feet trying to learn them and and i'd say from paddy and Lindsay's perspective the choir is entirely amateurish in in, mm. in its sound even though there was like the potential there yeah and, and how well how well did you just rehearse like rehearsals like because because now like if you miss a rehearsal you're you're in big trouble like it's it's <laughs> like joining trinitones is a massive commitment it has been for as, as long as i've known the group I, when i was in the group up until i left like you're joining like you have to be fully committed like i i can i can imagine that like that that it was like it, it was it was really just a bit of crack at the beginning like no one knew how big it was going to get or certainly before that video yeah no it was it was a lot more well not yeah it was a lot more relaxed yeah i took a few weeks off there rob said i thought you'd left <laughs> back in second year <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I think I missed like two rehearsals. Like they were like, oh. <laughs> so that's the thing. Gone. If you did that now, if you did that now, you'd think someone would would be gone. Like, yeah, they might be. Well, out, no, yeah, you, they probably just kick you out now. Though. As in, I had missed two rehearsals. No, I missed two rehearsals, and oh, I came right. back and I stood next to you, and you were like, "Jeez, thought you left." <laughs> <laughs> the idea uh, of having so many in the group, the twenty-one or, or was it was a twenty in in mm. the group in that. Um, in that generation that was that came from a uh, lack of kind of commitment to events yeah, and, and the yeah. stress on Paddy and Lindsay to um to, to find enough people especially people for every part to yeah. actually commit to an event yeah. so they said look we need to way raise the number and I think it was between those two extremes year one and, and year two or gen one and gen two where we really established the the the, the right number that should be in the Trinitones because I think it was fairly obvious to all of us that there were too many yeah, yeah, um, in, in that 22, year. Well. 22 I have here according to the yeah. list. It was, 22. It was, we, there was 21. Down. Rob was the, the highest T number that year because Kevin had left. Uh, but then, yeah, but then Lindsay did actually sing with us that Christmas. So you're right, Sam. So. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Lindsay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I suppose like without teen, without Teenage Dirtbag, like at the time, that's what that was for you know there were there were 22 people because you couldn't count on any of these lads to show up like so mm. you know we at least we'd have two or three per part if if people were missing if a few people didn't show up mm. but at you know i suppose when, with the exposure of dirtbag then it's like okay well this is serious lads so you know either do or don't and and by that point it's our third year going in so we could i suppose afford to be like lads you know we're not going to have this many people in so you know you better feel guilty if you miss because then you're leaving one of your buddies by themselves and that's you know that's bad form and by mm. that time 
you know, that was an okay thing to do. Mm. But I think I think it was probably hard on Paddy and Lindsay having twenty two loud posh lads. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So let's talk about like the process of the video, I guess. Uh, how long? Because if people watch the video, it's set in a, a number of different locations, definitely across a number of days. Like, how long was the? I, I, I come to you, Connor. What was the video process like? Again, I think the story of this is you. You have to get into that frame of mind of like commitment and people having various other things that they were doing on campus. So, mm-hmm. so it worked by just again Patty and Lindsay just being really proactive of, of, of deciding on a thing they're going to do saying it's going to happen at this time and then who who could show up showed up basically so mm. so there was the Dan McManus jumping off a tree scene I, I think that was just like I don't know happening later I can't I can't remember I think maybe it snowed and we were like okay we have to do something with the snow and we got everyone there and and started throwing snow around or something then there were two scenes I guess that were or two scenes that I can think of off the top of my head that were very planned so obviously chapel choirs another choir all these choirs it's all the same people in them so we knew we could get these gowns from chapel choir and we were like ha 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 opera gowns this would be hilarious <laughs> so you know we just showed up at, at um um at, at the chapel and and uh, kind of pranced around in some gowns I remember actually Hildegard was controversial no was that controversial it had the, it had, uh, yeah I don't rem- I don't remember the details anyone we did we annoyed a lot of people during the process of making that the <laughs> yeah. library the people in the library oh the does library. anyone have the famous chapel choir definitely <laughs> the famous email let me find it oh, Jesus yeah so so that was one scene where we annoyed the chapel choir people by using their gowns mm. and then the next kind of main scene that we made, I actually wasn't there for it, was in the library, the big library in Trinity. Yep. And what time in the morning was it? It's like seven in the morning. We all had to get there. <laughs> I think it was eight. Yeah. It was when it's between, is it, wasn't it between eight and nine? They put the books back. The, oh, right. There was a, there's a team of librarians who, who, do, who put books back at like 8 a.m. or something. And we were to come in along with them and do some kind of library scene again utterly unplanned we were just gonna sing in the library did we did we have clearance for that well we had clearance to be in there but probably not to do the activities that we had planned singing and dancing and dancing involved jumping on tables up on the tables. So, so because i wasn't there i'm actually interested um how did it get to be that gabo was standing on a table in the library throwing sheets in the air because we had no plan of what we were supposed to do once we got into the library. We were like, huh, teenage dirtbag. I, 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 I guess it was just like this, an, an air of like, we were trying to, I don't know, Dad, do you know what we were trying to do? Uh, there was, there were very little plans at that point. Like it was, it was just, yeah, act, act. The, we were all just acting the maggot. And that was pretty much all of our videos after that as well. It's just like, okay, we bring you here, you do something. And you just have to trust that you do something. And the true gab on a table. And he acted like a twenty-one-year-old asshole, you know, throwing <laughs> stuff around. Who, who, who was? Uh, did was there just one person filming everything? No, there was two: Hildy and who was with Hildy? I don't remember. There was a pal. Two friends, yeah. yeah. 
because it was it's very it's very well like it's it's really good like it it all came together like really well yeah. like that's they were saints they showed up yeah. at every location they went yeah. to that that ball it was probably 11 12 o'clock at night that they filmed that um scene with um with the people coming down the stairs dan cummins and the girl that we got to play the other character in it oh yeah shout out yeah. <laughs> who is she who, who is there any story behind that she was a friend of max doyle's yeah was that the okay. law ball, was it? a law student <laughs> And she had a few drinks on board as well, so I don't know what she was. <laughs> she knew what I she think was signing up to. The story is that <laughs> she didn't do a single take where she made it from the top to the bottom of the stairs. <laughs> and bear in mind, of... for anyone who hasn't seen the video, there are like five, six steps. <laughs> where, where was that? Where, where, where was that ball? It's in the mansion uh, house. I think. Mansion house. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's some. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because low ball, I think. Low ball is always there. Beautiful it? backdrop, like jeez. And had we performed that night? Was that the? Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. That's in the video. There's a little clip of that. So did you just go to balls and like just have the camera people with you, like just say, just come one. along just, just in case? One. It was just that one, like because that was in the middle of us filming. So. Yeah. So sorry, uh, just to give them a shout out, the video, the people behind the camera, Rosie Leonard and Hildegard Ryan. Ah, that's it. Hildy and Rosie. So, big up. Big up. Yeah, big up. Um, yeah, track recorded and mixed by Tom Campbell. I have here, and of yeah. course arranged by Dan Cummins. I'm pretty sure one of the girls got a job like from the teenage dirtbag video. Really? I take that back. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so so Hill isn't it is it's Hildy Ryan, isn't that right? Yeah, Hildegard. So yeah. she's quite Hildy. famous. She's she's put on plays and stuff that have come like toward Britain. Wow. Yeah. Um I, I can't imagine this will make it into her oof. The C V, no? <laughs> In the portfolio this is, the CV. This is right <laughs> under her um her sultan english for leaving cert <laughs> well um so i have here the video so the, the video goes up and it it the uh the video garnered is the word is the verb used here eighty thousand youtube views in 48 hours following its release which in 2012 that's that's very it's very good going youtube was kind of only really kicking off then yeah, that um, was huge. That was um, yeah. that was Irish viral in twenty twelve. That you couldn't get bigger than eighty thousand in forty eight hours. Yeah, and what like how 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 what were your reactions to that? Like, because this is the the first time Trinitones have gone viral, and as you said, a lot was riding on the video. So, what was uh, what was the mood like? Well, I remember bringing the video before we put it live on YouTube. We had it. Um, and I remember showing it to the to a bunch of people in the QSOC room that uh, the LGBT society had their own little room mm-hmm. and like they kind of like giggled and were like that's so stupid and like that's exactly <laughs> how I felt about it as well I mean like I was proud of it but it was like oh this is so stupid and goofy mm-hmm. like oh, I, I don't I don't really know what our expectations were but I think it was something along the lines of some people in Trinity will watch this absolutely and and uh just to just to update the view count it's now at 285,000 views <laughs> what's that whenever you divide by 10 years <laughs> <laughs> so i i remember it hit 100,000 like 4 years later i remember that was a big thing for me yeah 
<laughs> it, it took four years to get the next twenty thousand, did it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Madness. But yeah, for for as we said, like eighty thousand in twenty twelve was or twenty thirteen, sorry, was pretty good going. So was, um, yeah, and it got us straight onto the morning show. Yeah, so <laughs> let, let's and yeah, let's name drop a few. We have led to several. It this led to several appearances on national TV and radio, and as we said, the group's first performance at Trinity Ball. Um, so morning, the morning show is that's that's TV, isn't it? That's like Ireland yeah. AM now. Yeah, that is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's the guy's name? It does the weather. Martin King is it? Martin, Martin King, King. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And Sybil Mulcahy. So so there's so is the morning show. What else? What else were you on? We did spin. Oh yes. Didn't like spin. Uh, <laughs> what was I wrong think... with spin? They asked us if we got bullied in school. <laughs> <laughs> Classic oh, spin. Uh, and what did you say? Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> news talk, no? Yeah. no news we talk, did news talk, I think, yeah. Pat Kenny's been a long Kenny, supporter, yeah. Pat, yeah. Pat, Pat, Pat even back then. All right, okay. We were on Pat Kenny that oh. as well. <laughs> Sorry. I found I found the uh, email. <laughs> what email? For, uh, about the library. Oh, oh yeah, on, Teenage Dirtbag. Give us a read. Teenage Dirtbag, library, permission. So so while this this is this email is sent while the the lads are doing their dancing and singing upstairs. Yeah, it's, it's live. <laughs> Dear duty librarian. <laughs> I am currently working in the 24-hour room and I am astonished at the noise coming from elsewhere <laughs> in the library. It seems to be disturbing everyone in the 24-hour room. Staff are actually playing a song extremely loudly. <laughs> Staff extremely loudly and at regular intervals <laughs> on loop and then singing along to it <laughs> the noise seems to be coming from the fourth floor Amazing. all of the people cc'd into this email are in the 24-hour room at the, at the moment and can corroborate this information is there any way of preventing people from playing music in the library in future please how did, how did we get that email? Was there someone in, someone that we knew in the 24 hour? Yeah, I think somebody had a contact who was in charge of... Uh, I think Lindsay might have known said duty librarian and that's how we got in there in the first place. I think in our defence, so the library wasn't open. It doesn't open till nine. But the problem was it is connected in space to a piece of the library that is open. That's the 24 hour room. Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't make sense to do it in the usher because that's always going like the 24 hours in the usher. So it's always exactly. going to be heard. If yeah. we had done it in one of the other ones, like no one would have heard us. <laughs> no, it's right in the bottom because yeah, if you go to the top floor of the usher, you look Exactly, but all those, table. you're all like the railings are all just like glass and you can look over them. Yeah, so, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think initially we were kind of mindful of it though and we just like, we played the audio. Um, and we we didn't sing along, but then <laughs> at a certain point we just threw caution to the wind and <laughs> seven a.m. Bloody hell! I, I remember like we weren't really getting anything, and Paddy was trying to ratchet us up. Like we you know we were getting like shots of like people I don't like dithering about the library, and it just wasn't hitting the right mood. Like we had to get it get the energy up to the point where Dan McManus jumps. <laughs> across the table underneath the divider and down the other side. 
the YouTube comments on that video were of particular entertainment, I think, to every, yeah. to all of us at the time. And a particular theme was about this idea that, um, well, that we had, you know, caused every economic and other and social problem that, yes. that, yeah. <laughs> that Ireland had. Um, they claimed that we were funded by Dennis O'Brien. Okay, let's read out, let, let's read out some comments. Yeah, here's one. Uh, so now I know where my student fees are spent on my three kids. Great crack. Rock on. How does that make yourself. sense? <laughs> in what? In what? Life is universe? too short for not to have fun. Yeah, that's true. And there's the classic I Harry think. Potter. Harry Potter had a bad time after Hogwarts. Three hundred thirty-eight oh, likes. <laughs> They're Burn. saying that Paddy looks like Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> he got. He got, a, he got a. He's the guy from the Inbetweeners. Is that? Yeah, right? oh, yeah, yeah. He got Will McKenzie too. Yeah, that dude who starts singing is like a Trenner's version of Will from the Inbetweeners. Exactly. Paddy. It's a comment. I remember that, but I don't see it like. At all. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a comment here. Mmm, Mickey's. <laughs> Dan Cummins got a lot. Got Dan got a lot of love for that. In fairness. Yeah, Dan Cummins actually had a fangirl, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Oh, oh, I've got one. I've got one. From Shan Nose, or Sean Nose, nine years ago. This is a, it's a social commentary as well as a commentary on our video. If you have money, you can buy top education. You can buy yourself into a job. The cycle of the rich is that as described above in this video. I think he means the cycle of the poor is quite different. That's true. <laughs> Having said all that, the song is quite well sung. Oh, that's so generous. So generous. This is a Marxist reading of Trinitone's yeah, yeah, Dirtbag. Like, yeah, I see that one. It's not really though reading Dirtbag. He just says, well, the video's good, but here's my, here are my views on uh, <laughs> society. Like, oh, that was nice of him, to be fair. Yeah, to Sean be fair, knows. but could he not have gone on to, like, you know, some other video and comment like the president? <laughs> There's another one here. Do you have to ruin everything, TCD? What's next? My childhood? <laughs> <laughs> is that is that not what we already ruined with this video? Like? Uh, I never hated Trinity. Just the students. Until now. Killian Horan got the short end of the stick here. One of the lads looks like Susan Boyle. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that crying. we all knew immediately. I was, was crying, laughing at that there. <laughs> oh, lads, I think I found one that must be from a bot, which is extremely literal. This is an exaggerated cover. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's the, that's the <laughs> comment. Good comment. Oh, I'm glad we. I'm glad we did that. I think we actually we read some of the comments out at our term gig. Um, the following summer. I did, yeah. I, did. yeah. I replaced every profanity with the word goat. <laughs> <laughs> bunch of goats, stupid bunch of posh goats. You know, much much of this. <laughs> God. Well, I think we could geez, we could talk all night, but um on a serious note, as you said, lads, uh I don't we don't know if Trinitones would still exist today if it wasn't for this video. So, um, despite like people always go on, like people always go on about it and for good reason. And we're, I think everyone is eternally thankful that it happened, even though it was a massive slog as we've learned from all the filming and, 
and whatnot, getting everyone together. But it's a it's a very it's a landmark moment in what we're calling this episode the origins of Trinitones, um, and that's where we are. That chapter has come to a close on such a a monumental note. Um, and uh, and and next we we go into the the establishment phase, I guess. Um, but bef- but uh, before we wrap up, uh, any any final any final thoughts or or uh, any other standout moments of Gen One or Two, which is what we've covered tonight. Tinchy. Tinchy. Um, Tinchy. Uh... Oh, Tinchy! Wait, Tinchy Strider was was that Gen Two? Yeah. Yeah. Hallball. Oh, Jesus. Okay, we have to finish. This is a great one to finish with. Well, I remember <laughs> I was working in uh, Fallon and Burn at the time, and uh, Patrick worked there as well. And I didn't have my phone on me because I was like obviously on a shift or something. Um, and I remember the work phone ringing like beside the deli counter, <laughs> <laughs> um, and somebody taking the call and like Robert, it's it's urgent. You need to come to the phone. And I was like, oh God. It's like, what bad news am I about to receive here now? Um, and it was Patrick Barrett uh, telling me we were supporting Tinchy Strider that evening. <laughs> Last minute. <laughs> telling me to leave work immediately. Oh, my God. You know, you don't need that job anymore. <laughs> You're supporting <laughs> Tinchy Strider. You're going to be a star. <laughs> That's insane. Like uh, it, was, it was up in Santry. It was up in Santry, wasn't it? Yeah. It was well, the Crown Plaza. It was the Crown Plaza Sanctuary yeah. where the gig was. Yeah. There was actually, it was a lot of my friends like organized that. So um, this is JCR, yeah, Trinity Hall, where all yeah. the people that don't know yeah. is where all the first years, uh, it's the first year halls, and they have a committee of second years called the JCR who organize all the all the all the social events, including Hall Ball, which is one of the biggest balls in Trinity, uh, maybe. Second to best ball, if you don't count Trinity Ball. Sam, are you spawned by the JCR? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> I've um, forgotten all this. It was me that got the call off the ENTS officer. Like, yeah, I'd completely forgotten all this. So I was like, oh, I'd say I was like, well, not in bed, but doing something. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. And I called Paddy and he was like, Tinchy Strider. <laughs> so then I was like, all right, I suppose we're doing it, are we? He was like, call as many people as you can, there. <laughs> oh my god. But then you got to meet you got to meet him. There's a picture. There is a picture of some of you with with the yeah. man himself. He, I remember he, having to negotiate with him to get the photograph. <laughs> Connor, Connor, you're a big are you a big t- you're very quiet. Are you a big Tinchy Strider fan? I it's one of my biggest regrets is missing that um, oh, missed it. missing that gig. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sounded like hilarious. Oh. <laughs> the 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 thing that's even worse is that I was at the gig for Trinitone's performance. I'd left before Tinchy Strider came on. <laughs> Terrible. Because I think Declan needed a lift into town, and I said yes. God. God. Declan. <laughs> that sounds like the time when I drove to the free bar at the Shelburne. <laughs> that was legendary. We we'd forgotten about that, Sam. That was huge. Is that gentle? Huge. Gen- the free bar at the Shelburne with billionaires. Oh. What? There were billionaires in that room. <laughs> well, multi-millionaires. Okay. A rightful, rightful place. <laughs> We've got a few stories like that down the years. But um, we we had workshopped with Eric Whitaker. Yeah. 
Corey that day. And I remember actually Eric Whitaker singing um, Loch Lomond with us. Oh, yeah. Eric Whitaker just slotted into the choir and sang bass beside me for Loch Lomond. That's yeah. big oh. So are these like Trinitone's first like kind of big time encounters? Tinchy Strider, yeah. Eric Whitaker, King Singers. <laughs> King Singers. Martin King. <laughs> Martin King. Not to be confused with Martin King Singers. <laughs> you know who I, I think was Gen 2 though was Bobby McFerrin. No way. There was a small group of that. us. Yeah, a very small group of us went to see him in uh, the GMB. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. And then, again, cornered, cornered him afterwards. Uh, Did you sing with him? You sing with him? I think we tried to, yeah. Oh, again, he was worse. <laughs> I think he was kind of, you know, ushered on by... Uh... <laughs> but, um, look, lads, I've, I've probably kept you long enough, and but this has been brilliant. And, like... Uh, so many like just at the end there thrown Tenchi Strider and like how could we forget like uh, that's why that's why I like I'm learning I've learned a lot tonight like from not being in the group at the time and I'm sure lots of the people listening will have as well Um, so um, yeah I think I think we're going to leave it there for tonight and we'll pick up next week so um, thanks for joining me lads uh once again for once again for people who want to come and see the gig sugar club april 16th 10 years of trinitone's going to be a great night and you can get tickets on the sugarclub.com and uh and yeah we're going to be doing this for the next few weeks leading up right up to leading right up to the when the when the day of the gig or the week of the gig so um uh, you'll find us uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts each week. Um, so yeah, thanks a million, lads. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sam. Thanks, Sam. See you it's next been, week. Yeah, see you next <laughs> week. It's been an absolute pleasure. And yeah, thank you very much to everyone for listening. Good night. Good night. So there you have it, folks. How good is that? Brilliant discussion. I'd like to thank sincerely thank my guests Ben Jacob, Dara Dazzy Nisha, Connor O'Shea and Robert Somerville aka Winty um, and yeah I hope you'll join us next week for some more reminiscing about some truly great times and this is like I'm learning I said in the pod with the lads I'm learning as much as you are I wasn't in the group until, until Gen 5 so um, which we're going to finish with on the next episode. So join us next week where we'll be joined by some of the same faces and maybe a couple of new ones. That's the nature of this pod. Some people come, people go. So thank you for listening. Be sure to follow the podcast, rate and review it, whatever platform you use. You know where to get tickets for the gig. If you're about Easter weekend, it's going to be great. And be sure to give Trinitones a follow on Instagram. Subscribe on YouTube. They're everywhere. TikTok. At Trinitones. And I'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. All being well. Cheers, folks.
Tony Hawk was there. <laughs> was oh, he? Shit. What? You're right. <laughs> Tony Hawk. This is going in. This is going in. <laughs> Tony Hawk was in the Shelburne. No, or he, he he may have been. I can't remember if he was partaking of the Frangelicos in Loch Lomond, but Tony Hawk was there, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> 